we're in the end game now. Not at the show. <laughs> just just of I was getting a little nervous saga. there. Yeah, the show's good. The show's good. Let's do it. We're in the middle game now. As far as the show goes. Or maybe the beginning game. Who knows? Who knows? We might be doing this when we're retired. But as far as the Infinity Saga goes, we're in the end game now. Oh, <clears throat> hold on, hold on. We're in the end game now. <laughs> in a world yeah. where we are in the end game. Yeah. Now you're going to have to... Avengers end game. You're going to have to work on your radio voice just a little bit. That's not my radio voice. That's my trailer voice. It's a terrible trailer voice. Really? Yes. That bad. Well, you can tell that you're faking it. Oh, I forgot my coffee. <laughs> That's what it is. I had my oh, you warm, need to I had my warm coffee in the car, you know, to really relax the vocal cords. Oh, is in that what world. happens? Yeah. yeah. No, I just can't get there yet. You can tell. I'm forcing it. I have coffee. You don't get any of it. None of it. The Avengers are in their endgame. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Half off of all bologna and olive loaf. <laughs> olive loaf. That's got to be the most disgusting. So bad. Oh. My dad loves that stuff. Does he really? Yeah. It's your first or, flaw that I've I don't know if he loves dad. that stuff or he just always bought it. I don't know if it's because he's cheap or because he loaf. actually loves it. I, yeah. Those are, those are things that should never go together. Yeah. Olives. Olives really are terrible. And it's the only good thing that don't call meat, uh, frankly, don't call meat a loaf. No, I don't even like meatloaf as a name. No, well, which is really tasty. Which is odd because I like meat and I like loaves of bread. <laughs> but when you combine the and you just call it meatloaf, it's like oh. See, sometimes two good things don't combine to make a better thing. Yeah, meat loaf. There's just something about those two words. Yeah. I would agree. It, it could also be that... But it's really tasty. Oh yeah. my goodness. I love meatloaf. Yeah, it could also be that, you know, there's a euphemism for using the bathroom that involves the word loaf. Oh my goodness. We're way off track. <laughs> let's 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 get back to the end game. We're in the end game now. <laughs> Still forcing it. <laughs> Still forcing it. <laughs> Do they have like a machine that you can lower your your oh, voice? Yeah. Oh, I need one of those. You can all even the time. I can I can do it when I'm editing the show. Too. Oh, I can. Can you do that to me all the time? That would be great. Well, it, it would it, be awesome. If it, it sounds like, like you're I, forcing it. Uh, yeah. Curses, but. curses, curses. What is up, my nerds? Welcome inside Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. Welcome back inside our crazy brains. Folks, the Infinity Saga has come to a close. Or has it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that if you're listening at this point, if you made it past the intro, if you even clicked play on the title of this episode that you already watched... Avengers Endgame because nobody wants spoilers for this thing. Nobody. I mean, they had a whole hashtag. Don't spoil. Yeah, the don't endgame. spoil the Endgame. And so, yeah, this this show is all about the spoilers because the spoilers come hot and heavy. You know, in this, this is film. A, this is a really difficult film for me actually because you guys you guys don't know this, but but really every time a big movie comes out. Jake and I have the very same argument. Spoilers, no spoilers. Spoilers, no spoilers. I'm a big no-spoiler type of person, right. so I fight with Jake every single time. He does. I lose 
every single time. He does. Because I'm for the people, and the people are <laughs> are listening after they've watched the movie, and right. they want to get. We all want to get nerdy together, right? But it, but the thing is, with Endgame, honestly, the spoilers start ten minutes in, real quick. So how do you talk about it without spoiling it? So this time, I'm just going to acquiesce. They to actually wishes. start less. They actually start two, three minutes. Well, in. frankly, they start with other trailers. I mean, there's been a trailer for the new Spider-Man movie. Clearly, yeah. that was a, a spoiler. Sure. Well, but you know the the production contract you know for Tom Holland was a spoiler at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the contract for yeah. Chadwick Boseman spoiler. Disney and Marvel are spoiling their own movies. In a the sense. back and forth on whether or not James Gunn is going to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. So this if is you're not aware of any of those if, trailers, we just spoiled yeah. a lot of stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> If you're listening to this show and you didn't know about that, chances are you're not watching Avengers yeah. Endgame, and chances are you didn't click on this show. Exactly. So you're fine. Because you didn't care. You're, so you're fine. You are fine. And for the rest of you, you've had your warning. If you happen to wander in here because you're crazy, come back. Come back after you watch the, the movie. Do. Do watch the movie. Watch the film. Because this is a movie that – I mean, this is what we're, we're doing here. We're just sitting down and we're talking about a movie that we've all seen. Yeah, we're here. This, this is, is not a review. This is not, you know, an yeah. opportunity to say, oh, yeah, this is a movie you should see. This is, this is just a conversation amongst friends. Amongst friends. We've, we've watched the film. <laughs> Friends have, have gathered at the local village inn for a piece of pie. Jake has crashed the party because somehow <laughs> he found out where you were going, even though you specifically did not include him on the text chain. Yeah, Jake. And it's time He's to talk about the movie sneaky. while Jake continues to dominate the conversation. <laughs> that jerk. How does he always get – how does he always get – you know, how's he always know? Maybe it's because you guys keep going to the same village inn. Maybe we should switch villages. Every time. And maybe yeah. it's because you watch movies on the same night every time you guys go <laughs> as a group. And so he just happens to know how to. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> so weird. weird that I saw that you here. here again, and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with without any further ado. We have a dude quite a bit, I le- think. Let us enter into Avengers Endgame. Welcome, my dear friends, into the end game of Avengers Endgame. Here we are. It's emotional. It's emotional. We're all emotional here. Yeah. Maybe maybe happy, maybe sad, maybe maybe we're maybe we're actually a little bit um you know, maybe we're maybe some of us aren't that emotional because we know this isn't the end. Because no. there's a bunch of other movies coming out. No, and and I think that they left a few uh, a few threads dangling for potential stories to to pop up too you know i think that i don't even think this is the end of the infinity stones as we know them i think we're going to be seeing them around again um but you know and i think i've shared this on the podcast before i would have been fine if the entire marvel cinematic universe as we know it had ended right here if this was truly truly the end game we know that there's a ton of movies coming out. There's apparently a lot of new TV shows coming out. Hawkeye is getting his own show on on Netflix. All this kind of stuff is Netflix happening. Netflix or Disney Plus? 
Disney Plus, maybe. Yeah, that that would make more I think sense, it's Disney right? Plus. But it's it's one of those things where this is sort of the like the comics. It's just going to go on and on and on. But for me, this would have been regardless of of how the movie turned out. This would have been a fine conclusion for me, just to say Absolutely. this is the capper. This is the end. And I think there will be. I think that will probably be a thing that there will be those of us that years from now will be the old fogies. Yeah. Um, and we'll say no, no, no. That was the real. Yeah. That was the real MCU. Yeah. Everything after that is garbage. They they <laughs> lost control of the ship and they got greedy. But that was it. Well, it really is. It, it really is an amazing an amazing period of cinematic history when you look at it when you look at the whole series as a whole i have never seen anything like it in the history of of moviedom i 22 movies 7.3 billion dollars these movies made it is it is a stunning achievement when you consider that you have mostly the same actors going through the entire show right um it's it's remarkable, and to have to have each movie standalone as it does, and for them to work as standalone movies, and yet filter into a whole broad storyline, I've never seen that before, and I don't expect to see it again. Yeah, I think there is without a doubt, no no question in my mind, that this is now the defining cinematic universe. To date, mm-hmm. I don't More think than Star, Star Wars. Wars can hold a candle to it, frankly. And it's one of those things. I was talking to my wife Ooh, wow. about it. I, I honestly, I think overall, oh. when you look at the package, I don't think you can make the case for Star Wars against it. Wow. I mean, you can try. You can try. You you can't. I'm not saying you can replace Star Wars's place in history and its importance right, as right, right. far as cinematic history and certainly goes. Certainly, the longevity of Star Wars has has well exceeded. The Marvel Cinematic So far, universe. but I don't. I think I think there's a whole generation, as we've talked about. You know, even for me, how Lord of the Rings was to me, what Star Wars was to you. There's a whole generation where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is to them what Star Wars was to you. Right. And right. and even for us old fogies, where we can look and say, how did they, over the course of more than a decade, piece together 22 films, most at most of them above average in quality. Oh yeah. And I think all of them above average for I, sure. I, I would I would maybe argue that something like Iron Man um, two and Thor two maybe a little bit on the average to side of things. They're still but, very watchable, you right? Know? But, and so, like that kind of consistency, that kind of cohesion, Star Wars didn't pull that off. When you look at when you look at the films. As they are, you know, the the cinematic universe for Star Wars, that wasn't pulled off by that universe, you know, because you've got the first three films that people hate and have all these problems with and characters and bad acting and they're not watchable films. Yeah. And they're actually worse when you go back and rewatch them. Whereas these Marvel films, you go back and rewatch them and this is good. This is a good standalone film. All these pieces fit together into this broader universe. The acting is fun. There's humor. There's action. There's drama. There's intrigue. There's so many twists and turns, but yet it all makes sense. This makes Lost, you know, I, I'm famously opinionated in that I thought the Lost ending sort of spoiled the whole series for me. This 
has managed to to tie so many threads together yeah in such a compelling way that i don't think there's another cinematic universe as much as i personally gravitate towards like lord of the rings and will on an emotional level forever as far as i know um but the mar what the mcu has done with the infinity saga I think it's preeminent. I think it's the top. Yeah, two things that I wanted to mention about that because when you talk about those defining movies of of geeky people like us, you know, um, who really resonated with the Star Wars, is the the Lord of the Rings movies, that type of thing. This movie made me feel like I was 12 years old again, and that's a good thing. When you walk out of a movie and you say, I feel... Like I felt like when I walked out of Star Wars for the first time, that's it's an amazing achievement when you're talking about a 50 year old man, basically. <laughs> so, and, happy and early birthday, by the way. <laughs> why? Thank you. Um, I think that it's really fascinating that you mentioned loss, though, because in some ways, I think that the last the last chapter, Endgame, was very lost finale like. In that, in that. I'm there were parts head. of it that just didn't make any sense. And yet emotionally, in terms of what it did on your heart level, it really, really worked. Right. Uh, that, and that's where I actually, I, in my own opinion, think it did not do what Lost did. I would actually Lost compare it, brilliant I would actually compare it to the Seinfeld finale. Oh, more so. Oh, no, in no, that no, it's, no, it's, no. There's no. some nonsensical things like the Seinfeld crew being dragged into court over, you know, something relatively silly and then having all these people from the past come back as character witnesses so you can watch their scenes with Babu and, you know, all these other people. Whereas we use time travel in Avengers Endgame to to travel back and witness some of the classic moments of previous movies in in the series. And, of course, time travel just doesn't make sense. So, time travel never makes sense, but uh, it makes even less sense here in some ways. I, but I actually at the same time think it makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the same time. I actually, in counter to you, I actually think it makes more sense. And I don't know. Only, what, did you, you only say that because they said that it made more sense, and I don't think it does. No, no. It, it obviously breaks down. I'm just saying better than most time travel movies, it tries to tie together a few loose ends before it all unravels. Whereas in Lost, they're just like, ah, oh, you're all in like a purgatory thing. Oh Woo-hoo. my goodness! Stop hating on Lost. Lost was anyways. Perfect. I'm not here. To, Lost is not perfect, but no, Lost was not perfect. But it was really darn yeah. good, and the ending was was super fantastic. Yeah. But uh, it, you know, to your point, also about making you feel like a 12 year old and a geek. How this, what this does for geeks. I think the other really fascinating thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what we have in Avengers Endgame is that this universe has turned everyone into geeks <laughs> who was not like it's made it officially mainstream everybody has taken this interesting almost everyone that has watched it has taken a very interesting like ownership yeah of this series they have a very personal connection with the characters and the films people that have never picked up a comic book people that my own wife who when we were dating had to bite the bullet like she was like, ah, I sacrificed for you and I got you these early tickets to Spider-Man 3 <laughs> that I didn't want to see because ugh, nerd stuff. True is, love right there. Is now an uber comic book Marvel fan because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So not only has this brought out the inner 12-year-old geek 
in the geeks. It's brought out the inner 12-year-old geek in non-geeks. Yeah. Well, I and I think it shows the power of, of this narrative, right? I, and, and I think it really gets to the core of, of why folklore, why myth – um, resonates with us over the over the centuries, you know, and I, I really think that that superheroes are a very American myth. They illustrate, I think, that one of the powers that that why this why these superheroes have remained with us for so long is because they are able to embody characteristics that we want to uh, embody in ourselves. They inspire us. They they show us in their own really colorful, outlandish ways um, what it means to be human, what it means to suffer, what it means to do right or wrong. Um, there's there's a lot of depth that I don't think that a lot of people really um, always necessarily appreciate within these these superhero stories. They they are light. They are fun. They're they're CGI spectacles. You go in munching the popcorn. And you can walk out without thinking a thing. But when you really delve into them, there, there's some depth here that that I think really impacts us even on a subconscious level. It's yeah. it's amazing what they do. Right. So, I I mean, we have set the table well. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time to, to get into the specifics. Quick prediction update based on our last episode where we we had predictions. I just want to say, when it comes to the aliveness or deadness of characters in Paul and I's predictions, I was 100% and Paul was 0%. (laughs) Let that be, let the record show. Captain America did not die in this film. But he got really old. He did not die. He got old. (laughs) Thanos? And it looked like he was going to. Thanos died. Thanos did die, and he stayed dead. <laughs> Theoretically, he stayed. His his head got lopped off. Well, he, he he died twice, right? So yeah, no, he only died once. Well, because okay, so I mean that this is time to. <laughs> I was yeah the the whole where the. Do we need to unpack any of the plot? No, are we just going to die? Yeah, let's now let's just, just dive right. right into this stuff. All right, because the Tony Stark snap that causes Thanos and his whole crew disappear. As I was ta- thinking about it after the show, I was like, well, that just blows the whole timeline up, you know, because their whole point, they talk about early in the film when they're talking about their time heist, uh, Rhodey suggests, why don't we just go back to when Thanos was a baby? And he does his hands yeah, like yeah. strangle the baby. <laughs> Super <laughs> like, dark. Okay. Wow. Dark. Yeah, um, yeah. And they're like, we can't do that because then nothing else would have happened and that mess with the future. And they're trying to preserve the future, right? So that Tony Stark's daughter doesn't die. And he's uh, – <laughs> and but <laughs> then travel. he snaps his fingers in the climactic moment with Thanos and all everybody disappears. And you're like, holy cow, he just killed everybody. And that's going to change their present because that was the 2014 Thanos come into 2023, right? Except that, except that they they Hulk explained that, to us, right, right that that the future that they had is now the past because this is the new future and all sorts of well and, stuff, right? and that the Infinity Gauntlet with the Soul Stone and the Snap 
doesn't necessarily kill people. They they kind of go out of their way to never talk about these people being dead. They're always just gone. Oh uh, yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. vanished, right? Right. And and then when they go to reset the future, like to re to bring everybody back with the snap before the climactic battle, they're like, all right, make sure you only think about just we're not changing the past. We're just bringing these people back into our present. So that makes me think that that snap that Tony did at the end sent Thanos and his crew back to the past. Rather than causing them to die, he just sent them back to 2014 so that the timeline could stay as is. So that part is fine. However, yeah, no, I don't it crumbles right. elsewhere. I don't think that's right. It yeah. crumbles elsewhere. Like it, it officially crumbles when Captain America decides to – when he's going back to put the Infinity Stones back so that the future timeline can be maintained <laughs> as it is. And then he decides to just go back and live a whole life with Agent Carter. Yeah. That that butterfly affects the whole darn thing. Well, and that's because it. now he's yeah. an old man at the point of this climactic battle, so he couldn't have fought in this timeline as a young man because he's an old man. Like in this new butterfly effect yeah, timeline, it almost <laughs> yeah, it almost reverts into into a world of comics, you know, because in the in the MCU, right, there was like a oh. 70 60 year gap where captain america was not around right but in the comics of course he was around all the time he was fighting his people and doing his thing and so all of a sudden because of of his little escapade he turns into cop comic book captain america as opposed to cinematic right captain which america. which messes with this timeline see the, and then the there's nebula thing. killing yeah. her her 20 like 2023 nebula killing her 2014 Nebula self. So you could technically say maybe she just wounded her and in the snap she got sent back See, to 2014. This movie in some ways just doesn't make a lick of sense. It can't. You have to suspend your disbelief, right? Well, but it, you can hold yeah. both simultaneously. No, you, can. And you can say this was a blast of a film and time travel never makes sense. Well, and that's the thing. That's I think that's actually one of the beauties of this movie. Uh, there were there were moments where you just think, "Okay, so in 1970, um Captain America's old girlfriend, who is probably 30, and he sees his old girlfriend, right? Right. And, and she was 30 back when they were dating in the 40s. Right. Yeah, and she, she still looks she 30. Looked, she looked like maybe she was a, a young 40. Yeah, yeah. She should have been like 60. <laughs> and, and we learn that Tony Stark hasn't even been born yet in 1970, which would make him younger than I am, which is ludicrous. Oh, that makes sense. No, that, Come on. that, makes, that makes no sense. sense at all. He's... You're just ancient. jealous of how good he looks. Ancient. Ancient. So there there were moments where you just think there, there are things that just don't necessarily make sense from little to big. But at the same time, the movie absolutely worked. It was just one of those really curious things where I, I don't even know how to describe it. it it's it, when I, I was trying to describe this to my wife, actually. Um, I was talking to her where I think Fellowship of the Ring might be one of the most perfect movies ever made. There, there are, there's very little in it that I would even want to change. It, it just seems like every beat is right on point. Endgame is not a perfect movie. Like the first part of it bothered me. There were parts of it that which first part? The the first part, like the the first. The first, the first act. The first act. Yeah, essentially, I thought, oh, that's sort of strange. 
it makes more sense in context. I can deal with it a little bit more. But there were elements where that were just a little bit off-putting. The time travel stuff didn't make sense. Da 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 da. So it wasn't a perfect movie, and yet there were so many great moments in it. It it. it it exceeded my expectations yeah. for what this movie was supposed to be. And that is really remarkable because the expectations for this movie, both worldwide and for me personally, were pretty high. Really high. You know, and, and it's hard to, you, when you come to a film series that has been as successful as this, and you have this this ultimate ch- ending chapter, it's really hard to do it well. The Sopranos has its critics Lost obviously has its critics. You have these great stories that for some fell apart at the end. This just worked. Yeah. Even with all its flaws, it just worked. Right. It's not a perfect movie. It can't be a standalone film, but I think it was the perfect ending for the Infinity Saga. I think so too. AKA the Tony Stark Saga. And it was fitting. You when know? you look at the entire arc of the first 22 movies, this is the story of Iron Man. And it was really a story of redemption. Yeah. You know, it all throughout the movie, you see the struggle that, that Tony has with, with selfishness and with being the hero that he can be. And you see that in microcosm within this within this story. You know, his real strong and, and very understandable desire to, to preserve what he has. You know, his wife, his child. It's a very, even even that ending for Tony would have been uh, so redemptive compared to what we saw in Iron Man 2, you right. know? He has a family. He wants to protect that family. And yet when he goes in and he does his hero thing to, to, to risk everything to make things right again, you know, I, that showed a lot of, it showed a lot of character development in in Tony Stark and really touching. I yeah. thought that that his his arc here almost perfect. Yeah, I think when you step back and look at the whole series now from the lens from that thirty thousand foot view, there's no there's no evidence that the people making these films are are influenced by a personal faith. Right. However, when you look at Tony Stark's journey over the course of these 22 films, there's a very Pilgrim's Progress-esque-ness yeah. to Stark's hero journey. Yes. Where he is he is living in luxury. He's tempted by materialism. He's tempted by capitalism. He's tempted by power and hubris and ego and lust along his journey. And But then he starts to realize there's a better way and he tries to move towards this better path. And, and yet he's tempted again by control, by despair, by despondency, by, um, you know, all these different things, these outside forces that even as he is trying to become a better person, things are getting harder and the forces are pulling against him even more. And, and he begins to maybe get off the path and and start to rely too much on external forces, but then is drawn back in painfully by his friends, by community who say, come back to this path. And, and then in this film for it to wrap up with, you know, at the beginning of the movie where he's talking to Pepper Potts and he doesn't want to be dragged back in, you know, he wants to stay with her and their daughter. He wants to be complacent, right? Right. He wants to sort of, it's the temptation of, of sloth or of the status quo. And, and he tells Pepper, he's like, I'm just going to lock it all away and throw it in the bottom of the lake and then go to bed. And she says, yeah, but would you be able to rest? And that launches him out of his apathy and back into the battle to take care of others 
to to finally come to the conclusion of his arc. And as he has helped set things right with the help of his family and friends, and he is breathing his last, Pepper says, you can rest. Come on. Oh, my goodness. You can rest. Uh, Enter into your rest. Yeah. No, it was it was great. And that was a nice pull. Pilgrim in Progress, very nice. Um and really, when you look at this movie, there was a lot of a lot of there was an undercurrent of spirituality throughout it. You know, you have the Hulk saying, "It's almost like I was meant to do this," which echoes something that that Tony actually said in the very first Iron Man movie. You know, I was saved for a reason. There must be a reason why I'm still here. You right. know, this sense of purpose, this sense of design, that this is what I am meant to do. And you see that over and over again with some of the people who are these characters here that that they were built for this moment. Um, and there's something particularly resonant about that, I think. Um, all of these characters in their own strange ways, or at least many of them, were on their own journeys of, of redemption and of finding out who they were and what their purpose is and, and finding peace. Uh, the same journey that, of course, we're all on, you know, and I think that there's there is a real particular beauty in, in watching these stories play out and play out so satisfyingly. Um, I liked how the movie focused so strongly on, on, you know, the core three Avengers. We don't get to see too much of Hulk, which was kind of a bummer in terms of like their how their stories developed here. But but we see a ton of Tony. We see a ton of Steve Rogers. We see Thor all on these journeys, um, these concluding journeys in a way that, that I think are really powerful. Yeah. How about Thor? Thor! I loved Fat <laughs> Thor! <laughs> I was... I, if I didn't think it was going to be a spoiler, I almost I almost tweeted out that that I look just like Thor. Right? You know? Yeah, it, it would be it would totally be a spoiler. Like so you couldn't have tweeted it. It's fine and locked in this podcast where we warn people. Yeah, no, no. But, yeah. but I I absolutely wanted to that was the thing I wanted to talk about immediately was how great <laughs> Fat Thor was. Fat Thor was fantastic. I love what they've been able to do with Thor and grow like stupid, messing with him as a character. Stupid Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> How can someone be that that built and handsome in someone who my wife wants to see all the Thor movies for some reason? I don't know why. How can he be funny too? That right? doesn't seem fair. Yeah, it's it's not fair. He's super he's, funny. He's really, really good. Oh goodness. That was hands down my favorite thing. In as as emotional as the movie gets elsewhere, <laughs> Fat Thor was just consistently great. Well, and here's the, here's another remarkable thing about this movie: How do they bring the whimsical, weird Thor from Thor Ragnarok into this uber serious movie right. and do it effectively? Did it the, totally worked. The Russo brothers are just when you look back at the twenty two films. Yeah, they've done. I think they've directed four of them, if I'm counting correctly. Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and yeah. now Endgame. Yeah. They are masters at this art of not only combining big characters into a cohesive and entertaining storyline, but also of balancing that line between the emotion and the humor. Because, I mean, if you look back at their history, Arrested Development, Community, they have this history of 
normally they do it in reverse, right? They take these incredibly funny shows and they inject these moments right. of right. heart into them that kind of like smack you when you're not paying attention. Right. And then they just flip that on its head in the Avengers or in the universe to right. say, here's this really good effective emotional movie and boom we're slapping you with humor like when you don't expect it well and you need something like this i mean oh, especially totally. after the aftermath of of infinity war right. and we talked about that movie ad nauseum yeah. and my grieving process through that yeah you a needed, lot of people were like they thought that was almost too heavy I, it was a very very difficult movie for me and i've always left I have always withheld judgment on infinity war until i saw this one because it really felt like they were a unit so to have such a heavy movie in Infinity War, to have so many things that had to happen, and you knew some terrible things were going to happen in this. Right. Sadness is just sort of a part of, of movies like this in a certain sort of way. To infuse it with as much levity as it had, pretty remarkable. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and when, you, when you mention all those movies, dude, those are some of the best movies in the, in the MCU, really. Right. I mean, Civil, you know, Civil War, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier was brilliant. Right. And and one of those that is a great standalone flick. Like you oh, could, yeah. I honestly think you could drop somebody into Winter Soldier who's never watched another MCU film, and they would they would get it and yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, and it's an it's like an espionage thriller right. in a way. And I loved the callback actually to the elevator. Mm-hmm. Ah. And here's the other thing that they did so well that I was not expecting. How many people did they pull in? from these old movies that you right. never thought you were going to see again. Absolutely. Robert Redford, you saw you saw um, the the master magician from Doctor Strange. Yep. Tilda Swinton Tilda. is Oh, Frank Grillo. She was so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fanboying boying a little bit too much here, I think. Well, but uh, that 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 <laughs> that that was fantastic and the way they used it to yeah. continue to enhance their their commitment to the time heist right so i want to talk about the time heist a little bit i know Uh, that introduced messiness into this yes but i i'm gonna say i liked it no it was i liked that element of it and i liked that they attempted to clean up some of the classic time travel tropes in the way they did that with humor like where especially the moment where paul rudd is like so you're telling me back to the future is all (laughs) yeah crap yeah yeah. His mind is just blown. You know, yeah. as smart as he is, it's just fantastic that you know they were able to yeah. kind of they acknowledge that time. The way they were able to self-effacingly acknowledge that time travel never works. Try to answer some of the problems. Of course, it all comes unraveled in the end. Yeah. But I appreciated the way they did that, especially how even as they like tie up all the loose ends, they send them back, and then immediately, you know, yeah. Hulk runs into Tilda Swinton, and she's like, "Whoa, your plan's already crap." And so again, <laughs> sort of like a wink, wink. Yeah. At, this is. This no. is hard to do, and it's messy, and we're not going to get it right, but yeah. enjoy it. No, it didn't make any sense, but I think it worked definitely as, as a plot device. I think that it really worked narratively yeah. because it allowed a lot of these people to go back. When you're talking about a movie like Endgame, part of it is, and you could tell this from the beginning to the end, part of it is looking back and, and almost paying homage to right. what came before and so this allowed that to happen um, and really was the only way that you could undo the snap right you had to go back in the past you had to do something right. about that um, so I thought that it was it was really done narratively effectively even if you know 
it didn't necessarily make sense. Yeah, all but the we're time. talking about a movie with time travel and with I know, warlocks it, and Asgardians exactly. and nine realms. No, you just you just strap this. You got to suspend you, it. You just uh, got to sit in the roller coaster seat, buckle up, take it for the ride, and not think too much about the tracks. Would you, you watch know? this in a roller coaster seat? You know, one of those four D whatever they call them box seats that move with the movie would you go to one of those theaters oh goodness. <laughs> would you get sick in that kind I of thing i think i probably yeah. would i think i probably would no i love that they're willing they were willing to 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 use those opportunities like going back into the previous settings as a as a way to even be self-effacing right. of the characters how they used to be and where they've come to now yeah you know having hulk not knowing how to you know being embarrassed by his former self and <laughs> trying to figure out that was hilarious <laughs> 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 he like puts one dent in the car that was very funny that you know, was very good uh them commenting on captain america's physique and right. how he was maybe less chiseled in his early <laughs> <laughs> in his early suit and even even tony stark getting them referenced into the the end credit scene of avengers where they're eating shawarma and watching chris pratt with his headphones in and getting to laugh at sort of the soundtrack yeah. nature of guardians oh yeah and how silly that would actually be and in, in <laughs> no it was reality they, it was really a fantastic way to 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 get us into the nostalgia, but also to make fun of a, of themselves, right? Exactly, and let us laugh, but not together. in a bad way. Right. Like like they were able to make fun of themselves. They were able to wink at, at everything they had done without undercutting the series. And I think that that's that's a really hard feat to do, actually to to be able to be able to have fun at your own expense without diminishing what has come before. Right. You know, and Absolutely. I think they really did that effectively. But and then the okay uh, three two one. What was the emo- most emotional scene for you in this movie? All right, three two one. Hawkeye and Black Hammer. Widow. No, that no. was emotional to you. Well, it was emotional in a different sort of way. If you're talking about sadness, then that's Sorry, still sad emotional. Like really sad emotional. Oh yeah. man! All right, so the scene where Hawkeye and Black Widow no, was are great. fighting one another to jump over the cliff and it sacrifice them so their soul. You know. Oh yeah. come on! No, here's here's that the one thing. surprised me because I had no connection with those. Like I had no not like um, conscious connection. With either of those characters to no. date. Like, obviously some, but when they start fighting back and forth oh, to no, sacrifice was, for one another. It was great. Ooh, that one got me. It was really good because I think, you know, both of these are, are two of the more grounded people in this universe, right? They're they're very talented, but they're just mortals, right? Um, and they've been linked really since the very beginning. And so, I, and I appreciated the contrast between them fighting to sacrifice themselves for the other when we remember in Infinity War where Thanos just pushes his daughter off, right. you know, done. Sucks her. So I, I really liked the scene. But honestly, in terms of, of the sadness, the the ending scene with Tony Stark. With Tony got you. Yeah. Yeah, and Pepper Potts, I thought that that was, was really, was really touching. And honestly, I think that the scene where Hawkeye, in the very beginning, after oh, the snap just on. happens. Yeah. Oh, when that he sees his family gone. That was a rough way to start the film. Oh man, yeah, it was it was a killer. The woman who was sitting beside me was beside herself. She oh. almost could not, you know. That was, was traumatic to me because of my upbringing in a dispensationalist 
Christian faith background. <laughs> I was like, that is literally my worst nightmare. Everybody's gone. Everybody's Everybody been raptured. Ping, except me. That, and that would happen, too. That, yeah. Uh, that, that got me. Um, <laughs> but, all right, but Cap and the Hammer. Interesting. Yeah, no, talk I, to me about that. we got to talk because we've talked four. Fat yeah. four, great. We talked about the, the arc of Tony Stark. Captain America as has been the case ever since he entered the the MCU has been the anchor and I have always really appreciated that that moral core here right he had some of the best moments in this movie and I loved it I loved it when it was the highlight of the movie for me yeah. when when he, when he grabs the hammer it. and Thor says I knew it yeah and he does his thing for a while, and then he, oh, he the the whole the whole Captain America Thanos scene was almost pitch perfect perfection for yeah. me. You it know? was it was really good, and um, though I will say, the fact that he was also summoning lightning seemed. Off well, to me, I thought yeah, that yeah, was a yeah. Thor exclusive thing that we learned in Ragnarok. Like, oh, it wasn't about Mjolnir. No, no, no. Yeah, it yeah, was I, about. Yeah. Thor and so maybe Thor was like sitting on the sideline well, like summoning lightning to the hammer for Cap. I don't yeah, know. there were there were moments that just you just roller coaster seat ride. Boom. Yeah. You know, because no, that didn't make a lot of sense. But Plus I'm pretty sure and I'm gonna have to rewatch it to make positive on this i'm pretty sure they don't go about returning mjolnir to the past with the rest of the infinity stuff <laughs> which creates a huge problem because that means thor loses his hammer well before ragnarok on the timeline because <laughs> it was funny how he snatches it from yeah. him from his own you self know in the past six months from now honestly probably in time for for the for the video release yeah some group of students at MIT or, you know, Princeton or something, they're going to do like a, a timeline of all the problems that, that right. the time in Endgame created. So, and it's a big gonna one. Be, it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. It's not going to be six months from now. Oh, but see, they're going to wait to release it so that they're they can smart. get some. Yeah, they're, they're smart. smart. They're from MIT. They're yeah. going to do that. They're, they're, they're the, fine. The biggest hole? Hmm. Loki. Stealing the Tesseract. That's going to have an sure. impact coming up, I'm sure. I thought you might mention that, but I've got an answer to that one. Because I was thinking about that one, too. I was like, oh, my goodness. There was that mishap where it goes wrong in 2012 and Loki gets a Tesseract and disappears. That totally blows up the timeline. I was like, that's a huge, another huge plot hole. But then I was like, hold on. Remember that then after that, they go back in time again to 1970 <laughs> <laughs> and change and and steal it there, yeah. so that actually technically erases the mishap that happened in 2012. Yeah, no. It, so so everything still happened the way it did in 2012 because they went back again in time and and mess with stuff there. Of course, now that puts a whole butterfly effect yeah. into motion, and so everything's up in smoke and it all unravels. But I think it at least solves the the Loki. It solves the Loki thing only to only by moving the problem further back in the timeline. You know the problem that it solves? It keeps Loki, Tom Hiddleston on the hook for Disney Marvel for yeah. a potential, you know, totally. future movie. Yeah, because they can, he, they was, can do that. he was a great character and that's what they're they're keeping him on the hook for, yeah. I am sure. That was because, actually yeah. You I, know. I was actually probably most bummed, just entertainment wise, that we didn't get interactions between Loki and Fat Thor. <laughs> you know, we almost do. We see Loki, you know, in his cell 
in prison when Thor and yeah and uh, the and I almost called him Ratchet because they do call him Ratchet yeah uh, and Rocket go back to Asgard and yeah. Fat Thor sneaks by Loki's prison cell. I thought we were gonna get a Thor like a Fat Thor and Loki interaction there because yeah. it would have been pretty funny for Loki to, to talk about Fat Thor. It would have been pretty funny. You know, I'm wondering. And this may be getting too nuts and bolts. I'm almost wondering whether they used old footage of Loki. Oh, and totally. Because because I'm thinking, you know, they had the mask on him, so you couldn't necessarily see. Except for him, grabs, yeah. But they did also have him grab the tesseract, so they did have him on set at one point. Well, but they had him on the mask, so could they have gotten a lookalike and sort of CGI'd his face or something like that? I'm wondering whether they actually got him back. I thought it was him. I thought it was too, I and I don't, I don't want to think too much. I think they got him back. I don't want to think too much about it because it it ruins everything, and and the whole thing is ruined by plenty of things. Like to your point about the some of the beats early on that didn't make sense. Like all right, they confirmed that half of the population of the planet has disappeared, and then they kill Thanos, who's destroyed all the Infinity Stones, and then there's five years of depression, and then they show the world and. You know, it's like post-apocalyptic. Right. But I was like, no, Thanos' snap didn't destroy stuff. It just reduced the population by half. Now, of course, that would be an emotional toll for sure. Well. But that doesn't mean everything's going to reduce into a post-apocalyptic wasteland. We had, I, we had that amount of people in the world in 1970s, 1980s. Yeah, the whole, and the world was humming along just fine. No, 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 they no, would no, have no, recovered no. more than that. They, no, I, I, I hear your point. They'd keep trimming the bushes. I <laughs> I hear your point, but when your infrastructure is, is used to that number of people, losing half of them, it's going to be a shock sure, to the system. Sure, it is. It is. But I just think in five I, years, they, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have regressed so much. Well, and, and I'm not sure. I was really uncertain. And honestly, this movie was three hours long. They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't spend a lot of sure. time. But I would be really fascinated in, in knowing a little bit more about that in-between time, the snap time, right. to know how society was affected. I think that'd be... Maybe they'll do a, that with the TV show. Yeah, I, Maybe I that's think what they're it would do be with Hawkeye. really compelling because yeah. there's, there's going to be some upheaval. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to know a little bit more about that. But they say now, you know, one of the reasons why there are some people who are worried about diminishing population in some countries is because if you lose five ten percent of your population it's it's economic and cultural collapse is what they sure. say so 50 percent right, fine it would be big all right fine but then they all reorient really quickly yeah no. <laughs> like after the snap brings everybody back, we immediately have people like in school high fiving like nothing's <laughs> well, that ever was happened. The other thing that was the other thing. What is I I yeah? There were some weird inconsistencies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of probably one of the most interesting, but also not unforeseen quirks in this film, is almost the complete absence of Captain Marvel. Yeah. I was surprised by that. She's there real quick to help them chop off Thanos' head. Right. And then she just disappears until the end. And then she destroys the ship, and she runs the gauntlet over. Yep. And that's really about all she does. I was I was kind of disappointed, actually. Yeah. I was hoping to see more of Captain America, or Captain Marvel, right. not less. And, and I, I don't know if they... I think that Captain Marvel is still a work in progress in, in the MCU. 
Right. Neither of us loved her movie. She was very just much. shoehorned in too late. She should have honestly. She should have come before the first Guardians movie, and then I think it actually her absence makes a whole lot more sense because then when that beacon goes out, we're like, oh my gosh, I forgot about Captain Marvel all the way back then, and then her like return and sparse interaction is like, well, yeah, because she's been out saving yeah. the universe this whole time. Well, and that's that's actually a good question. And when you watch these, rewatch them on video. How do you rewatch them? Do you rewatch them in the order they were released, or do you watch rewatch them in chronological order? Yeah, I, where you might do uh, the first Avenger, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger, and then go on to Captain Marvel and move on from there. Yeah, I I think I haven't. I I think I will do a list of like the official watch order for Marvel because I was thinking about this even just for my own kids, you know, and I. My gut is that you leave most everything where it is except for Captain Marvel. I think the way it jumps back and forth makes sense for most everything else until Captain Marvel, which is like it feels like the one fairly significant misstep in the universe where you're like, this should have been way back here. Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't know if I agree with that because I like the call back to knowing how Fury lost his eye. You know, seeing Agent Coulson all young again. And I think right. there's something about seeing them the first time in the order in which they were made that makes those throwbacks in Captain Marvel more appealing. It, but those are throwbacks at the same time. I think this would enhance the overall storylines. Hmm. And and you would still have some of that because if you put it before Guardians, there's still like a half a dozen other movies before that, right? And right. So you still get to know these other characters and Yeah, 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 yeah. All I hear what stuff. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it spoils the shield Hydra. Yeah. Well, if uh, if your kids don't like Connection. the way you ordered ordered them when you show them you to, know, they yeah. know who to talk to. Exactly. Me. I'll, I will say I will say if your dad listened to me, you would not have these counseling bills that you have today. There you go. Final question: Do you think Fat Thor will be in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie? <laughs> Man, they sure left the door open for that, didn't they? Not even left the door open. It looks like they just set right. it straight they up established it. I was actually really surprised. I thought the big three were going to be gone. I thought yeah. the big four were going to be gone. Right. Um, with with Hulk being the fourth. They only killed one. Yeah. So, but they got rid of. Yeah, they got Cap. rid of two. But it seems like uh, Thor might be in our future. I would. I would really like Guardians three with a lot of Thor. Now, do I think they'll probably get him back in shape? You know, the pro- <laughs> yeah. here's what I think. Here's how I think Guardians Volume Three opens: a musical montage of Thor, like of close-ups of Thor's body as he works out. Bump, yeah. bump, 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 <laughs> something like that. I think I think that's gonna be. I think, and then final, final, final thing. Wait, didn't you just have a final question? That uh, this is part two of that. Okay, because it's related. All right. Um, are Natalie, aka Black Widow. And Gomorrah really dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're toast. I still think they are, but they left the door open. With they did still not leave have, the door open. They did. They did. I don't think it makes sense. I think they need to stay dead. But they st- they had, at the very end, they had Star-Lord searching for Gomorrah. They did have him searching for Gamora, but and I, the soul why stone, do the that? rule why of the soul that? stone is that you can't take it back. So if, if, if the universe is consistent... Right. Which, of course, we, we've already... Um, yeah, yeah. If the universe is consistent, if it has any semblance of consistency, they're both gone. Yeah. I, I think they should stay dead, but I do wonder because mm-hmm. of how they had... Like, the way they... They don't tend to do things accidentally, and that seemed like foreshadowing. 
but we'll see. We will see. Oh my goodness, guys. We need more nerding out on this. Come, listen. You've listened to us. You've, you hope you shouted at your speakers or earbuds a couple of times. Come talk to us. Shout at us on Twitter. I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul. Now it's time for the most least important thing. Speed round part three. <laughs> is the most least important thing and it's a speed round because we always wax eloquent for too long paul's worried about clocking in for his day job i've got a day job he's got a day job we don't make enough money on this podcast so paul what do you got for us as far as the most least important thing all right so here's an interesting little bit of trivia for you the day that avengers endgame is released is also the day that game of thrones will have its most critical episode to date where the white walkers come across the wall and there's going to be this gargantuan war it's sort of a big deal it's a big deal in pop culture i just happened upon uh, i have only watched like seven episodes of Game of Thrones. I watch it once a year to review it, and that's about it. Um, But I have read the books, and and it's a compelling show. Um, And there's a lot of interest in it, and lots of people are wondering, who's going to die? Well, turns out there are some college students who have created an algorithm that give odds as to who will live and who will die. Um, So... If you're a fan of Daenerys Targaryen, Tyrion Lannister varies Samuel Samuel Tarly and Jamie Lannister. That I think that's wrong. Jamie Lannister is going to die. They think these college students think that those are the people who most likely to survive. I think Jamie is dead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Probably just as just as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who are expected to die, led by Braun. Braun is expected to die. And apparently these, these uh, same students did the same algorithm in 2016. They, they actually predicted that Jon Snow was going to rise again from the dead. As one does. As one does. As one does. Was he really dead, though, or what, did they just say, well, he's never actually dead? Oh, no, he was he was dead. Oh, so it's some, like, witchcraft going on? <laughs> Just another strike <laughs> against Game of Thrones. That's a matter of fact, yes. Another strike. All right. My most least important thing is on the least side of the spectrum. Do you guys remember the hashtag that went around a little while ago, um, the most ambitious – or it wasn't even a hashtag. It was just a Twitter trend, the most ambitious crossover ever. No. Yeah. Like they were they were proclaiming and now I'm forgetting what the origin was that something was the most ambitious crossover ever. And then Twitter went had fun with that and showed other crossover events and said this is the most ambitious crossover event in all of history. And I have a new entry for you in that just this last evening, but for you guys, you know, depending on when you're listening, maybe this was last week, Chip Gaines tweeted the following picture that I'm going to show Paul. And you guys can find it on Chip Gaines' Twitter account. And I'm going to call this the most ambitious crossover. It's Chip and Joanna Gaines. And, Paul, who is this guy? Do you know this guy? Oh, my goodness. Who is that? Is that? That is none other than Ninja. Ninja? The Ninja. Fortnite Ninja? Yeah, the Fortnite Ninja. He of uber Fortnite fame, Ninja. Yeah, at some point. 
event that Chip and Joanna Gaines are, they got a selfie, but it's not a selfie. They just got a picture with Ninja. And Chip Gaines said, excuse me, Mr. Ninja, ask your grandma who I am. It will buy you some major brownie points. And then hashtag, I am a big deal with the 60 and over crowd. And I just love that one, Chip Gaines, you know, knew who Ninja was. Two, that he knew he he's self-effacing enough and knows his own audience enough to know his audience isn't going to know who Ninja <laughs> is. But that he's going to make fun of himself as he tweets a picture of himself and Joanna with Ninja. That's why everybody likes Chip it's and fun. Joanna Gaines, yeah, it, you know? Gosh, At least people 60 and over. Gosh darn it. I'm near that. They are they are a hoot. A hoot and a half. A hoot and a half. Yeah. Golly gee. But we've we've... We've done what we always do on this podcast. We've bloviated all over the place. Oh, my goodness. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. We can't wait to hear your opinions. Again, hit us up on the Twitter. I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I am at AC Paul. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.